right, y'all ready to find out what the true nature of God is? In case you probably didn't know, you never heard about him. Maybe you heard differently about him when you were growing up. But we're going to see in Scripture the true heart of God the Father today. Amen? How many believe that he is not angry with you anymore? He would be unjust to be angry with you because of your sin. Why is that? Because he put it on Jesus, right? He put all of it on Jesus. And if he were to still hold that against you, then, then what he would be saying is what Jesus did was not enough. We know that not to be true, amen? What he did was more than enough. So pray with me as we get into the word. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. It's always on time. Thank you for the people that you have appointed here today. God, bless them with your word. Restore them with your word. Father, may they walk out of here having gained a peace that they didn't have when they came in. And a hope, a confident expectation of good coming their way because of your great love for them. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. All right, we're going to start out in... Boom. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. I want you guys to see something that's very, very important. This will help you understand some of the Old Testament as well. How many of you guys know that everything in the New Testament is about Jesus being revealed? Everything in the Old Testament is Jesus concealed, right? And it's, our, it's, it's, it's up to us to study it and find Jesus because he's everywhere. Would you agree? All right, so Paul says this. Now, all these things happened to them. Them there is the children of Israel when they were out in the wilderness. That's what this is all about. All these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition. That means for us to be taught by them, right? That they were written for our for us to be able to get something out of it. Would you agree? All right. Uh, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, the word examples there is the word typos. Like like all those things that were written in the Old Testament are are types. It's typology. It's it's representing something. And we see Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament here, don't we? When we break it down, it's it's phenomenal. You're going to see that again this morning. All right, so let me show you an example in Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20 is um, is when uh, Israel is coming to the end of their journey. They're about to cross over to the promised land. 38 years after the spies went out. This is the 40th year. They're wandering in the wilderness. 40th year, it's time to go into the promised land. Are you with me? This is the setting. Okay. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation. That's a problem when you're in a desert, right? How many of you guys got problems? In those dry seasons of life, we have problems, okay? But I want you to see what God tells them to do with that problem. That's their problem. They have no water, right? Water is a life source. Would you agree? Okay. Uh, there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Isn't that interesting? They gathered against Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, what did they do? They just followed God, right? But Moses, who represents the law, that's weird. Anybody know what um, what Aaron is? What his title is? He's a high priest, right? He's the priest. So 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 Aaron is, represents the priest. Moses is the law. It's it's an old it's an old covenant thing. But we're going to see Jesus in here. Uh, and the people contended with Moses and saying, "If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord." 
back when they were coming out of Egypt, right? Uh, we have, why have you brought us, brought up the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Now, as a leader, that's a good thing to do. Would you agree? That's about the only thing good they do. The people are complaining. Complaining is a sin, because anything that is not of faith is a sin. So people are complaining, and, and, and they're coming at the, the, the people that represent God. They're angry with them. Now, what has God done for them? He split the Red Sea, brought them out. He gave them manna from heaven. He, he's done all these miracles, and they still don't get it. Yeah, look, sometimes we forget that God is good. I mean, sometimes we forget to reflect on all that he has done in our lives because we're looking at what we don't have in our lives or what we perceive to not have in our lives. But I, the, the cool thing is, this is 40 years after the first striking of the rock. There were two strikings of the rock, right? This is uh, 40 years after that first one, 38 years after they sent the spies out. That's where we are. Um, so they went and fell on their faces before in the tabernacle. Um, go Exodus chapter 17. This is the first one. This is the first time that God told Moses to hit the rock, right? And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people because they were thirsty, right? And take with you some of the elders of the Israel. Also take in your hand your rod, your rod. He's telling, he's telling him to take his rod. You see that? That's very important because we we'll come back to it. He says, take your rod, Moses, your rod, uh, with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Harab and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So this has happened before. But you know what's new? It's a new generation. A new generation at the second rock. Because that first generation was never going to be able to see it. The promised land. Right? Because they, they went with the ten spies instead of the two that said it was good. Are you with me? Okay, a little background stuff there. All right, so numbers, go back to numbers 20. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod. Say the rod. He didn't say, take your rod. He said, take the rod. So Moses had a staff. Moses had a rod. It was the rod of judgment. That's what it was, the rod of judgment. If you, if you go, well, we'll get there in a second. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod. You and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together. Speak. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. The first time, he told them to hit it. Strike the rock. The second time, 40 years later, right before they're going into the promised land, he says, speak to the rock. Are you with me? All right. So go back to 1 Corinthians. You see that these things are types, right? They're examples. They're examples. So there's, there's a type in there. There's a picture of Jesus. Now in the context, see this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Same chapter. In the context, look at verse 4. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock 
that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So the rock that was being struck was who? Christ. It's a type. Amen? So that's what the rock is all about. Um, go back to Numbers 20. It says, take the rod, you and your brother. He's saying, take your rod. Take the rod, right? He doesn't say your rod. Take the rod. And he says, speak to the rock this time. Speak. Didn't say strike it. Look, at, look what his rod is all about. This is Moses' rod. This is God telling him, and you, you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. What were those signs? Plagues. So Moses' rod and staff, whatever you want to call it, is a rod of judgment. A rod of judgment. And that's the one he told to hit the rock the first time. Are you with me? Okay. So, so now look at, go back to Numbers 20. So Moses took the rod. It doesn't say his rod. Took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. That means he obviously didn't take his rod because he went into the tabernacle before the Lord and took that rod that the Lord told him to take. Now, what rod would be in the tabernacle? Do you remember what was in? Aaron's, right? Because it had the Ten Commandments in it. It had the jar of manna, and it had Aaron's staff. That rod was in the tabernacle. You understand what I'm saying? So he went and got, God wanted him to take Aaron's staff. Who was Aaron? The high priest, right? So what's significant about his? Go, if, just three chapters before this, it tells you, okay? So what happened was, the, what had happened was, <laughs> all the tribes thought that their leader was, should be the high priest. The high priest thing was new to them. They didn't get it. They were arguing about it. God said, man, Right? You think he was like, why did I create him? <laughs> no. He said, hey, get get all the leaders, put put them in the, put, uh, get, get them to get a staff, put their staff in the tabernacle in the morning, whichever one buds, that'll be the high priest. Right? You guys remember that story? So here we are. All right. So now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold the rod of Aaron. The rod of Aaron of the house of Levi, and, and it had sprouted and put forth buds, had produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Now, I found this out. This is very interesting. Do you know the first fruits in Israel after the winter, the first thing that produces is almonds? And it's a blossom, right? Blossom is a sign of, of spring, of new life. How many of you guys know that those staffs should not have sprung up anything? They've been cut off. They're dead. It's a picture of resurrection. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. That's what that staff is all about. And Aaron is the high priest. But we have a new high priest. You like how I did that like a boy band? We have a new high priest. <laughs> I work on that stuff. Y'all don't know. All right. Uh, look at, uh, go back to number 17. Oh, oh, no, finish up number 17. And the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony. See? So put Aaron's rod back before the testimony in the tabernacle so when moses went in there he didn't take his rod he went to get aaron's rod okay god wanted him to use aaron's rod 
but uh, to be kept as a sign against the rebels that you may put their complaints away from me lest they die. Okay, Old Covenant. Uh, so go to Hebrews. This is our new high priest, Jesus. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful. Don't lose on that right there. Merciful. Merciful uh, and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. That's our high priest. Merciful. Some people read that as judging. Jesus isn't judging us. You know why? He was the judgment. He was the payment for it. God put all his wrath on Jesus to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Back in the day, it was all about the high priest. If the high priest was good, the people were blessed. If the high priest was checking people out that he shouldn't be checking out, they were not blessed. God blessed the people based on their high priest, their pastor. And aren't you glad that ain't the case today? <laughs> so the first striking of the rock, there was no high priest. There was no high priest to stand in their way, to stand between them and God. So, so why? Because they haven't come to Mount Sinai yet. It's, the law wasn't given. So, so there was no representative for the people. That's why the rock was struck and water came out. It was struck with the rod of judgment. But this time around, you're going to see it's different. Now we have a high priest. So go back to Numbers 20. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. What rod? So now Moses has his rod, but he's also got Aaron's rod. The rod of judgment. The rod of resurrection life. Two rods. Two rods. Two rocks. Equals forgiven. Not to just. <laughs> I saw that was like a. I can't take credit for that. that was something. It's like a bumper sticker or a t shirt or something. All right. Hebrews. Uh, go back to Hebrews. So, so this is again talking about our high priest. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy. Look at this word. What's after holy? harmless that's jesus he's harmless you know why why is he harmless most people think jesus is out to get them when they mess up that jesus is gonna hammer them he's gonna condemn them that's the woman that's the woman who was caught in adultery what happened to her did jesus condemn her no he said neither do i condemn you now go and sin no more he gave her the gift of no condemnation which propelled her to get up and go sin no more and sometimes I feel like the church has got it backwards. They want to condemn people to try to get them to sin no more. you got to give them the gift of no condemnation. Uh, harmless. I love that. Undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So that those, those high priests would have to do it for their people often. Yom Kippur, once a year, they'd have to, they'd have to offer up a lamb or something, a bull, uh, for the people to be blessed. But not Jesus. He did it how many times, church? Once for all. 
So when somebody says, hey, are you, are you sure your sins are forgiven forever? You say, yeah. Don't hold back. Don't go, I don't know. And don't let them get all theological on you where you're still sinning. You don't think God's upset. I'd be like, no. <laughs> no. I used to think, yeah, but not anymore. Because I know Christ paid for my sins. Where you're, you're causing him to be grieved. No, that's not what the Bible says. Don't, don't let people tell you what the Bible says. Go read the Bible. Did that sound angry? I, I ain't trying to make God seem angry. He loves you. Who needs a hug? Jane, come here, baby. No? All right. Oh, for the law appoints as high priest men who have weaknesses. Those high priests, Aaron, have weaknesses, right? Uh, but the world of the uh, the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the Son who has been perfected forever, and He represents you. If He's been perfected forever, that means you've been perfected forever. He can't represent you if you're not like that. If you if, if He's your representative, He speaks for you. Exodus seventeen six. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb. This is the first one. You remember the first striking of the rock? No high priest yet. He's gonna, he says, God is saying to Moses, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb. God is standing on this rock. The rock that's about to be struck. In other words, he's saying, Hey, Moses, I want you to strike me so that the blessing will come out. Are you with me? Strike me. He says, I stand before you there on the rock. That rock is, what's the rock called? What, what, what is it on? The, on the rock in? Don't you think it's important we know what that means? Well, Horeb means this. Literally desert, but look at this. Another name for Mount Sinai, which God gave the law to Moses. Now, Go back to the verse. God's saying, I'm going to stand on this rock that represents the law, and I want you to strike me so that the blessing can come out. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I have. Man, aren't you supposed to be a nursery? <laughs> gotcha dog gotcha dog that's my new neighbor so I can say stuff like that I'm gonna be saying that all the time too boy you think I got injury now wait till you're my neighbor and I just pop in for dinner <laughs> isn't that amazing man I was like dang alright so uh, numbers 20 the word is alive amen so let's go back to this one the second time the rock was hit first time the first time the, he, he said, take it out on the rock, there was, no, there was no high priest then. And God said, take it out on me because I'm standing between you and the rock. Swing at me and blessing will come out. Are you with me? Second time, fast forward, now we have a high priest. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. The rod. Aaron's rod. 
Now, God, now imagine, imagine, they're, they're thirsty. They have seen it before. You remember? They've seen it before. They've heard about it, a new generation. And, 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 and they're probably thinking, just strike the rock. Strike the rock already. We're thirsty, right? And if Moses would have just said, rock, bring forth water. Imagine the glory that God would have got. Because they're complaining. They don't deserve it. But now God's going to bless them right where they are. That was God's heart for him. That's why he said, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. By the way, well, I'll tell you that in a second. Don't let me. Oh, so what does Moses do? And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Where in the, how are they going to bring water out of the rock? Only God, can you bring water out of a rock? Only God could do that, right? So, so, so <laughs> Moses gets all mad. God says, speak to the rock. Moses made God appear angry to the people. And God didn't like that. Because God's heart was for the people. Even though they were complaining and sinning. He loves people. But if you're a pastor and you get up here and you, and you present God as being angry with you. God's going to treat you the same way he treated Moses. Because they're examples. Typos, remember? Typos. Types. Typos is the word. God, I hope there's no typos in the Bible. That sounds like the title to a Christian comedian thing. Typos of the Bible. Oh, check out. So this word for, for rock here in the second hitting, this is very important. You guys ever heard of the word selah? So the, the first rock, if you look in the, in the, in the Hebrew, when, when God told Moses to strike the rock, the first rock, it's the Hebrew word for boulder, like boulder on the ground. This rock, look at this, from an unused root meaning to be lofty, cliff. In other words, the first striking was a picture of Jesus, who's the rock. According to 1 Corinthians, the first striking of the rock is a picture of Jesus being on earth. The second striking, which shouldn't have happened, is a picture of the resurrected Jesus Christ. On a cliff, high up, lofty. Two different words for rock. Do you think that's important? Yeah. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with, with his rod. What rod did God tell him to take? The one out of the tabernacle, Aaron's rod. So the rod that was supposed to be used for grace, because you don't want to strike the rock with Aaron's rod because it budded. It would lose all its, its, its buds, <laughs> its almonds, its flowers. You don't use that. That rod is a rod of grace. You speak and things happen. But he used his rod. In other words, he threw down the rod God wanted him to use. And he used his old rod because that's what the law does. The law reminds you of sin. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. And too many people around this world today will preach that from the pulpit. Moses, 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 you got to do this. You got to do this. The reason stuff's happening in your life is because you're not doing this. But that's not where we are today. God's not punishing you because of what you do. He put it on Jesus. And for him to do it again would be unrighteous. But he is a just God. 
And God didn't just sweep sin under the rug and said, hey, man, they'll just, they're just who they are. They're human. No, sin was paid for on the cross. He's a holy God, a just God. Sin has been paid for. Anyway, I love that. It says, uh, oh, and guess what? Water still came out because God loves people. Water came out, and the congregation of animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me, to make me seem holy uh, in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them, the promised land. They're right on the doorstep. It's so close. He spent all this time out in the wilderness, 40 years, and now he gets to the doorstep to go in, and he can't. Why? What was his sin? He made God seem angry to the people. He presented God as being angry. And if Aaron and Moses weren't going to present him as holy, he's going to make himself holy to the people. But that was his sin. He made God seem angry in front of the people, right? So, uh, keep reading. Uh, this was the water of Meribah because the children of Israel contended with the Lord. And he was hallowed among them. He hallowed himself among them, right? So how does God want to be viewed today? Does he want to be viewed as angry? Should we tell people, hey, you got to stop sinning or you're going to hell. If I'm lost, I'll be like, dude, <laughs> I don't need you to tell me my life sucks. I don't need you to tell me that. I need you to give me hope. I need you to say that even though it looks like there's none, I need to know there's a way out. I need to know that somebody loves me right where I am. I need to know that I'm still qualified. I need to know that I'm worth it. I need to know that somebody loves me right where I am. I don't need to know how bad I am. I don't need your church track that says I'm going to hell. Do you have one that says I might have some hope? Isn't that the way we grew up, though, religion? You try to scare people into God. That's how I got saved when I was in sixth grade. In North Carolina, the youth camp. It was unbelievable, man. We're sitting there listening to the pastor. Pastor's like, man, you could leave here tonight, die, and get eaten by a bear, and you're going to hell. I'm in sixth grade. I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. Definitely not by a bear. <laughs> Just kill me now. Don't let a bear get me. So guess what? At the end, they play that sad music. You guys are youth. What do you do when they make you feel like a sinner? You come running. You come sprinting down here. You nosedive onto the, onto the stairs. You're like, God, save me. I don't want to get eaten by a bear. Right? But it has nothing to do with a relationship with Jesus. I came out of fear. Imagine drawing your spouse that way. Do you think that God wants you to have a relationship based on fear? He didn't give you a spirit of fear. It doesn't make any sense to come that way in, in human terms. Why do we think our Heavenly Father who loves us treats us that way? Makes no sense, does it? Sometimes you got to take that thinking cap off <laughs> and act like me. I never did get that thinking cap. Romans. This is one of my favorite verses in all the scripture, right? For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Why? For means because. For means because. 
How can sin not have any power in your life? Anybody ever ask that question? Anybody struggle with a sin over and over and over again? You're like, man, I just can't get off of it. I can't get out of it. I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, check this out. Sin shall not have power, the word power there, dunamis, over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. That means the moment you realize that you're under grace, unearned, undeserved favor from God, sin loses its power. But if you're under law, what do you do? You sin, what do you got to do? Confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. You'll do that your whole life. Never change. You, wanna, you want sin to lose that power in your life? Thank him for his grace. Grace is a person. Jesus. That's how he wants to be presented. Right? This is Moses telling the people, Deuteronomy chapter 3, telling the people what he said to God when God said you can't go in. But did God say you can't go in? Let's read it. He said, I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. Good land. Let me see the good land. Right? Those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. Lebanon means whiteness. Like Lebanon. We can't all look like you, bro. But back then, I'm just going to say, I'd have been a king. Because that, that was proof that I wasn't outside working. I was inside. With a dress on. <laughs> you supposed to be back there? What's up with this section today, man? Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get back to scripture if that's all right with you, Miss Kay. Let's do it. All right. Let me cross into the pleasant land of Lebanon. Lebanon, whiteness. Th think about whiteness. Bright white is literally what the, the, Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew word means. Bright white. Okay? Let me, let me see Lebanon. Right? But the Lord was angry with me on your account. He's telling the people of Israel. And would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. He said, enough of that. I don't want to hear it. He didn't say no. Did he? He said, speak no more of it. But I love this part. Look at this. Don't, don't forget this. The Lord was angry with me. He's, he's telling the people the Lord was angry with me. Why? He was angry with me on your account. Because I made him seem angry to you. It doesn't say he was angry with the people of Israel who were sinning. He says, the Lord was angry with me because I represented him wrongly in front of you. Isn't that amazing? blows me away. We're going to come back to Lebanon. So, did Lebanon, bright white is what it means. It's the same mountain that Jesus was transfigured on, where his clothes became bright white. There's no coincidence in Scripture, right? Same mountain, same mountain, Lebanon, same place where Jesus was transfigured. Does Moses show up? Yes, he does. So, look at this. Matthew 17. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Do some research. You'll see that's in Lebanon, right? Uh, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, right? And his clothes became white as the light. And behold, whoa, who's there? Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Isn't that beautiful? God didn't tell Moses no. 
God said, hey, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want you to go into the promised land with the sinners. He said, I got something better for you, Moses. Because I love you, you're going to go in with my son. He went in with Jesus. You see, what Moses thought was going to be good for him, God has so much better for him. Just because you think that something might be good for you, God's got a better plan. And Moses did go to the promised land. He went with Jesus. By the way, Moses, the reason he really couldn't go to the promised land, speaking of types, is because he's the law. Moses is the first five books of the Bible. Go to Israel today, ask them about Moses. They'll think you're talking about the law. Moses represents the law. For the law was given to Moses, but grace and truth came with Jesus. Grace and truth are on the same side. Someone says you've got to preach law and grace. Nope. Law is old covenant. Grace and truth came through Jesus. New covenant. Amen? Either of you. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> Maybe it's for me. Um, but Moses did appear. But back in the day, Moses couldn't go into the promised land because he was the law. The law can never get you into the promised land. But God appointed somebody else. A man named Yeshua. And he was not Moses' son, according to Ivy. <laughs> I was so excited though, man. I was like, yeah. uh, anyway, um, Ye Yeshua, Joshua. Joshua's name literally is Yeshua. Whose name is that? Jesus. They had to cross the Jordan to get to the promised land. What happened in the Jordan? Jesus was baptized. What is baptism? A picture of dying and rising. Amen? So, in order for them to get from the, the land of slavery into the promised land, they had to cross over that death and resurrection. And only Jesus can get you there. That's unbelievable, man. All that stuff's in Scripture. Crazy. Last thing I'll leave you with. Romans 8, 33. This is who we are right now. This is where we are right now. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who? And don't just think outside. You can't bring a charge against yourself. Don't let the enemy tell you, this is who you are, this is what you deserve. You tell him to go back to hell. Unless you're a kid, don't do that. Pastor Troy said, I can say you can go back to hell. And I don't even know parents emailing me. <laughs> who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Look, it is God who justifies, who makes you righteous. Who is, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. That's where we are today. Jesus is making intercession for us. He's not judging us, condemning us. He's making intercession for us. That is unbelievable. That is, I could do this all day. Hey, let's stand up and give God a hand. Amen? Give God a hand. Thank you, brother. I, you guys have got to see. Listen, there was a lot of history in that lesson. I know. I know there was. And it, was, it may have been hard to follow because I get so excited, man, that I forget stuff, man. I'm just like, Lord, Lord, Lord. I'm trying to get. But listen, I, I want you guys to understand that, that we are not under that old covenant of Moses, that law anymore. Moses Remember, it was a new generation of people that came to that rock the second time. 
And Moses hit it twice with his rod of judgment as if Jesus needed to be hit twice. He doesn't. And that rock was that lofty rock, right? Imagine, tell the tell yourself first. You can't tell people unless you believe it. Amen? You got to believe it in your own heart. You got to come to know and believe the love that God has for you. And when you have that love, man, you tell the people how good God is. How good he is. How much he loves people. That's the way that they'll change. That's the only way they'll change. The more you tell them how bad they are, they're never going to change. Never. Amen? So, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to change their mind, repent. Tell them how good God is. Tell yourself that. Don't let the enemy get in your head and beat you up and say, hey, how can you call yourself a Christian? Look what you just did. You are not the one calling yourself a Christian. You know how you get labeled a Christian? By confessing Jesus. Confessing Jesus, believing God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen? Call yourself what God calls you. Don't call yourself what the world calls you. Don't call yourself what Satan calls you. And don't let your past tell you who you are. You are not defined today by what you did yesterday. You are blessed and highly favored. And you are world changers. That's what the world needs to see. They need to see some dang Christians walk around like they're victorious. Ain't nobody want to join the defeated army. Hey, come to our church. We love people. I want some of that. You know how I got Kelly? I walked in like I owned the place. And she melted. But if I walked in and said, hey, girl, what you doing later? You want to go out with me? I'll let you buy. It's going down here, bro. Never mind. One more. <laughs> you might want to rescue some people, bro. <laughs> but, oh my gosh <laughs> Ooh, can, we, can we just give God a praise this morning one more just one more time hallelujah thank you Lord amen come on let's pray church heavenly father we thank you Lord for this opportunity to just sit under your word father to hear your word fresh and anew Thank you, Father, for speaking to us in the way that you do, Father. We thank you for the message that came forth today. We thank you, Father, for your servant who delivered it, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. Your word is life. Your word is life, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the life that we receive from it. Thank you for reminding us of just how good you are, reminding us of your true nature, Father. Your word says that you are good. We know, Father, according to your word, you are great and greatly to be praised. And so, Father, we just magnify you. We thank you for helping us to renew our minds and helping us to to continue to be changed, Father, by your word. Father, we thank you for your promises, Lord. We thank you for all that you have said about us. Thank you for your opinion of us, which according to your word is always good. And so we just bless you and just thank you, Father, for what you've done for us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God. We thank you for allowing us to come into this place, to fellowship, to love on one another, Father, to just experience you, Father, as we worship today. Father, just thank you for being uh, just in control of this uh, this service today, God. We thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place, God, we leave just full of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We thank you, God, that you, you continue to order our steps and make us prosper, Father, in all things, even in our health, just as our soul prospers. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you for equipping us with the word. We thank you for equipping us with the good news, Father. Thank you for giving us opportunities, Father, to share that good news, to share life and to speak life uh, to and over others. All this week, 
Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.